0: like, we've all been at that job. We've all been at that job where you feel like you keep getting slighted and the slights decrease in severity, but increase in frequency in your mind. And it just gets to a point where it's like, I can't work here anymore. Right.
1: Well, they say that the third time's the charm, so we're back for episode three of season two. Yeah, the YouTube Are season. We,
0: so does that mean that the first Vince McMahon one is the zero episode? Yes, that that is like the like
1: freezing point. That is absolute zero. Absolute. That is the episode where, uh, much like Vince prefers, no one can hear you scream. Oh, that is just the deep space <laughs> yes, yes. Of, of all episodes. Um, but thank you so much for joining us for our third episode. We'll try to do well this time. Does that make you sure. feel better? Uh, no, we'll, but we'll, we'll try. Yeah, we'll do it this time. This time with effort, but thank you so much for joining us. We have a lot to talk about in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, there are talents returning Ooh. all the time to WWE. We talked a few weeks ago, maybe last week. Time's a funny thing. It's it's happening in a straight line, not circularly, I guess we think, uh, or the other way.
0: It's a big, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. I don't
1: watch Doctor Who, but I know that's what it's from. Sure, That's yeah. how good the reference is, because yeah. I don't even watch it. Um, But with stars that have had unceremonious exits from WWE recently, we talked about how one of the priorities Triple H seems to be really prioritizing, one of the things that he is stressing more so than anything else, is unstupefying stupid decisions, right? And we talked about how there were some that he can't do right away. Unfortunately, from a WWE perspective, you can't re-sign Keith Lee and Adam Cole for years, but there are people you can bring back that they are. We just saw the return of Hit Row. Right. We've seen the return of Karrion Cross. There's great rumors of stars and names all the time that will be making a comeback to the company, and we are going to talk about a few in particular, particularly ones that were left on their own accord but still in a tense way with the company with big rumors of names like former women's tag team champions Sasha Banks and Naomi coming back Um, and there's obviously been stars in the past that have left the company. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about the present. We'll talk about MJF and the fact that it has been, now we're going on months since not only his huge pipe bomb-esque promo to owner Tony Khan, but he's not even tweeting. So I mean, that guy is an exit in my book so far and we have a lot to talk about, and we're very excited to talk about all the departures and all the returns, and thank you for returning. My name's Chris.
2: I am the Eddie McCabe. I am Chip K-Fame.
1: And Bill will be here, what is it, like?
0: A, a 10
1: minute. minutes. He's around the corner. 10 minutes, minutes. he's parking. Yeah.
0: Hello, gentlemen, this is Bill Neville here. I mean, <clears throat> I am Steve Rogers, coming to you live from a certain mouse's
2: Halloween party down here in Florida. Once again, I'm not gonna be able to make it up to the show this week. But I promise you, in the very, very near future, the
0: insiders will once again assemble. Uh, so
1: Bill Neville at Bill Neville 87 make sure you check out him and Danny at Park Hopper Show they're the best Disney content online anywhere at Park Hopper Show a couple of Park Hoppers and again Bill will be here to tell you all about it himself in moments yeah
0: we're really Uh, excited there's going to be a whole like fireworks presentation it's very fun yeah
1: Enchantment
0: which was Danny's favorite Danny's
1: um, favorite and we all together we are the premier place for wrestling fans to connect discuss and to be heard and again we are excited to be having you guys rejoin us and rejoining seems to be a pretty big topic in pro wrestling right now what a sexy segue you know what man it's the third episode I'm feeling (laughs) loose we're we're
0: starting to get back into it we're feeling feeling this one Mm -hmm. Um, let, uh, sooner or later the ghost of Dusty Rhodes will show up. Oh <laughs> man. We have to do his conjuring uh segment at some point to yeah, get Tom him. back. Christie
1: will join us, I think, this time from prison. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if, I, if I heard correctly <laughs> last time. So we'll try to patch oh. him in and get at the yeah. Fulton County Jail will give yeah. us a call. Sure. Um so I want to kind of jump in with some departures of the past because I think the way we shape those ideas may parallel to the stars that have currently left. That we think are going to return, but also left because they were trying to make a statement here. Yeah. And so while I think one guy in particular is like the most famous former WWE sourpuss, Sure, <laughs> I will get to him. Who just returned. Exactly. I and mean, we'll get to him. But I kind of want to take it from the first, wow, I can't believe that guy walked out like that, which is, I believe, two 2000- thousand. 2003 stone cold steve austin okay so i think it's 2002 june 2002 right so here's the setup in a nutshell um brock lesnar has been called up from ovw yep he is billed as the next big thing obviously he lived up to all the hype and then some but the point is that they're taking this kid and they're pushing him to the moon right to the point where they're even going to have him be in the king of the ring tournament which makes a lot of sense but what was surprising Was they were going to have him take on Stone Cold Steve Austin in the very established, as we would later find out, end of his career. And not only have him beat Stone Cold Steve Austin, but have him beat him on Raw and the setup being that Steve Austin wanted to once again be the king of the ring. You know what I mean? So he was so upset. And I, and I know it was a compound issue, but he was that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Sure. And one of the biggest stars the company ever created said, you know what? I don't need this. I'm going home. Right. What did you think at the time, and now that we've had Gulp 20 years to reflect on it, what do you think about the first big walkout of that company that I can think of, which sure. is, is Steve Austin?
0: So Steve Austin walking out came at a time for me when in two thousand and two I was very much like a like middle school kid. Yep. So I wasn't as savvy as to why Stone Cold Steve Austin just like wasn't on this show anymore. Sure. Um. So that one didn't really register. At the time, right? Brock Lesnar was incredibly impressive. And I remember Brock Lesnar just bodying people through that King of the Ring tournament. He makes Hulk Hogan quit, you know? Like his debut was like, hey, go out there and like kind of try to kill Spike Dudley. Yeah, right, (laughs) right. And so this guy was very big. I just don't remember specifically what they said about Stone Cold Steve Austin leaving. If Vince McMahon came out, and I remember he was basically like, he basically just shot
1: on the whole thing. He's like, Vin, Austin decided that he didn't want to come out here and entertain you guys tonight. Yeah. I mean, they did two things I remember. Vince McMahon came out and basically was like, he left like a beer in the ring and was like, you're always welcome back, but this wasn't cool, man. And for all everybody sure. watching at home, this is very real. And then I don't know if it was the same show or like a week or so later, they had the rock come out and just absolutely bury him. Like you don't want to be here. Then stay home. Keep your punk ass home. It was,
2: I think it was the week after. So I remember
1: that this locker rooms for people that want to be here. And it was like, they very, very vocally were mad at him. Right. and, and, And if, if, if you can so bury Steve Austin at that phase of his career, they tried to. Yeah.
0: So like looking back at it now, the thing that I have to look at is is how I look at pro wrestling as a whole. Right. And that's, it is Cirque du Soleil with muscles. It is a play. You have a role to play in this play and Steve Austin, not wanting to play his role is frustrating. Right. Because it's like, look, man, yeah, we know that you're stone cold Steve Austin, but this is the plan right now. Like, you know, Iron Man loses like you read, you read these stories where the good guy loses. That doesn't mean that the story's over and we're not going to watch anything else. But the hero now has to build himself up to triumph. And so it's like it's just storytelling 101. And I feel what like if he
1: had no confidence that it was going anywhere and it was just this is yet another thing to make Brock look good early.
0: And the problem that I would have with that, I think that's very possible. That is very possible. But it I think it comes more from a place of and this is more of a toxic Vince McMahon WWE culture thing where it's like I'm more worried about my spot than I am the show. And yeah, you're going to push Brock and Brock probably is the next big thing. And he's going to move and be amazing and go and do great things. And that means that I'm done, right? Kind of in the way that we saw John Cena get pushed out by Roman Reigns, very much in that vein, right? And that's more of a toxic Vince McMahon thing, which is really unfortunate because you should be secure as the actor in this show, That I'm still going to have a role in this. So,
1: my count, because just for the sake of having a conversation and taking it from like the talents perspective, like trying to give it a real world example, even though nothing about wrestling translates to the real world. (laughs) Sure. But, like, let's just say for your job, right? Right. You're in a technical position, you're skilled, you're educated, you have worked for the company you work at for years, you have earned the reputation you have of being a skilled technical asset to the company. Right. And I hope you guys don't mind, you'll, you don't mind me saying sure. this. You have a, the company you work for also has a relationship with the Brockton Rocks. Sure. Right? Right. What if your boss asked you to sell hot dogs one night? Yeah. Right. Wouldn't that be beneath what you have earned and built in that company? Sure. And I'm not telling you, it's like, hey man, I'm in a pinch and somebody's got to sell the hot dogs and you do work for the company, but- would it not piss you off that that's how
0: I'm being used? Sure, but the-
1: the Don't you think he maybe earned like at the very least a story and a pay-per-view match because I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin? Sure.
2: Well, that was Stone Cold's thing. It was, you're not building this matchup. You're doing it on a random Raw in June 2002. Why is this not a pay-per-view? And if you remember a couple months prior, Austin walked out after working Scott Hall at WrestleMania. So he was already not happy yeah, the, with his position. The,
1: with, the only thing I have with problem with, with Steve Austin on that one is um, the, it was pitched to him to work with Hogan. And he goes, the match will suck, yes. and I know he won't lose for me. Um, I mean, the fact that he worked Scott Hall was because the Rock was booked. Hogan was booked. And you you kind of got yep. yourself here. Um, and I'm a huge Stone Cold guy. Sure. And and I'm not telling... And I'm also not saying that working Brock Lesnar on Raw right. is selling the hot dogs. But what, yeah. but what I'm telling you, though, is it's like, you know, are, does he have any ground to stand on that at one point I was the only reason this show stayed on the air? Sure.
0: He does. But you got to kind of... I don't know. Like, for... Th- the the wins and losses don't matter, right? And so for me it's more of like a turning point type deal. It's a or like it's a storytelling moment, right? Like the story isn't about Steve Austin, the story's about Brock Lesnar. And S- Steve Austin needs to realize that because if he loses to Brock Lesnar on this random raw and then in 2 weeks is in a program with the Undertaker for the undisputed championship, Nobody bats an eye. Sure. You know what I mean? And and you can finagle the loss however you want. You know, if you're telling me that he's going to make him bleed like he did Hogan and, like, wear his blood like some sort of, like, savage, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, maybe, like, that's going a little too far. But, you know, if you're just going to lose in a tournament match, you know, have The Undertaker cost him. Right. You know what I mean? And like,
1: I, and, and, I, and I get that, too. And I think one of the things I think is also is if fans are because I'm now 700 years old, sure. right? So I forget, you know, just that some fans are listening to us right now are 20, so they were maybe not even alive when the thing we're talking about was happening. Yeah. But what's I got to stress on folks is what the King of the Ring tournament really, really, really sure. used to be was the Rookie of the Year tournament. Right. right. If you look at the people that won it, it was. Austin before the breakout, um, uh, yeah. Bret Hart before the explosion, Brock Lesnar before the explosion, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle Edge, they, God knows they tried with Billy Gunn, yeah. <laughs> but it was basically the your finally made it kid award. It's the give somebody something to win award. Steve Austin mm-hmm. wanting to win it again six years removed from Austin 316 is just like, what are we doing? So, yeah. So, because I, I want to make sure we, we keep moving forward because I could spend the whole day talking about Steve Austin. Yeah, sure. Now that you've had time to think about a chip you included, who was right, who was wrong, how much of the blame? He did come back, you know yeah. what I mean? He did finish everything up and all that stuff. He did return, didn't take very long. I think he was gone for less than three months. Four,
2: yeah, I think That so. sounds about right, something yeah. Something
1: like that, less than six, right? Yeah,
2: well, he was back for that mania and he left in June, so and, yeah.
1: And so it's like, what do you think yeah. of a, because this is a first example of, Hugely established, I would say mostly well treated guy, taken care of guy, getting so mad at creative decisions that he went home and was at one point willing to stay home. Yeah. What do you think of that, like retrospectively? What's the verdict on that?
0: So for this one, for this one, I do think that there are better ways to handle it and i think that the company was more right the problem is is that you immediately become wrong as soon as you go out on television and use your platform to tear that person down right so so there's like two things where it's like it's austin burying him with something else yeah cuz like cuz austin you got to you you got to do the job I'm paying you to do the job. Yeah. And so like, I've taken care of you. Right. Like, like this is what I need from the character stone cold Steve Austin right sure. now. And whether you agree with it or not, this is what I need. And so for you walking out, that puts me as the person making the show in a really tough position. And I don't like that, but then to then turn around and be like, he's a son of a bitch. And like, he's awful and not giving him the platform to, have his side of the story, especially in a pre-social media world. Especially he had absolutely
1: no yeah. way to voice what he thought. Silence. Correct. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yep. You know, like there's YouTube. There was, YouTube, no, there was no, right there was nowhere for Steve Austin to get his
0: side out. Right. And that's a very that's a very good. Plan. And and that's the thing is so it's a real shitbag move as the company to then go out and be like you're
1: awful. What I think happened was Steve Austin knows that McMahon gets enamored with people quickly. And then you, the other guy can be very quickly forgotten. We have seen that in real time recently, where if you had told me that John Cena would basically be told your services are no longer needed here because every interview, especially before like peacemaker, you know, when he was doing like, you know, probably three day shoots to be in the movie train wreck when he wasn't the yeah. star of that movie. Yeah. He,
0: he was the star of cock blockers. Right.
1: Exactly. And it's like, but even before that, he would kept talking about how he's like, yeah, I wish I was still full time. And you know, I'm just yeah, sort of right. here. Cause I have to be, cause they, they're not really calling me right now. Right. And it's because Vince McMahon went you, it's Roman Reigns. It's you, you know what I mean? And I think, what he was, what Austin was afraid of is the Steve Austin era was coming to an end, and it's you, Brock Lesnar, it's you, yeah. because Steve Austin lived it. Because at one point it was the Bret Hart era, and then he went, No, man, it's you. Yeah. So Austin has been the guy to take sure. over for the guy it's you know not to make it always about local stuff, but it's like we knew for 20 years that one of Tom Brady's major motivating factors was I took somebody else's job and no one will do that to me. Yes. No one will yep. ever outperform me because they had a guy on a $100 million contract, like first overall pick in the draft, I think Drew yes. Bledsoe was, yep, yep. and I outperformed him and I took his job and no one will do that to me. And I think Austin was like, damn, this is it. This is the beginning of the end and what I think was, I, I kind of tend to lean with you. I'm more on the f- side of the talent on this one because it's like, you know, damn it, pal, I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. Can we talk about my future a little bit? Can I have a little bit of creative input right, here? Right. And again, at one point, man, if you didn't have me, this is nitro. Yeah. Right. You, you know what yeah, I mean? Right. And so it's like, can, you know, And on the other hand, and especially since you see, you know, they, you know, having The Rock go out there and just bury that dude so deep. It's like, yeah, maybe he was right. Maybe it is a tough place to work sometimes. Did he have to maybe go home? Maybe not. But I kind of lean talent on this one, perhaps more so than the next example, who's a guy that you could definitely argue was taken care of, at least at the end. But I think we all know very famously. Feels like he was never given all the opportunities he yeah. had earned. And that's WWE's second biggest talent. I'm going home, who this one stuck with it, and that's CM Punk. Sure. So we've had 11 years to reflect on the pipe bomb, and we've had over seven years now to reflect on the, you know what, never mind, I'm out of here. What do you think with all that time to reflect? of CM Punk's run in WWE, the end, and the fact that to
0: this day, he's never returned, and probably won't. Oh, yeah. He will never. Well, the thing is, is that... He doesn't want to work for Triple H either. He doesn't want to work yeah, for... Yeah, he, he's not
2: Triple H. He didn't yeah.
1: like Hunter just as much.
0: If yeah. not, maybe more. I think the, it might have been more personal with Triple H. I, I it think it's been, more personal with Triple H. I, the, big I thing, think the big thing with Punk is he, that particular example is just somebody that no longer likes the place they work okay right and it just became because if you list out the accolades of like you had the last streak match that mattered you know like you had the last streak match that mattered you well, were brox mattered <laughs> brox <Brock's, Brock's laughs> didn't matter
2: you arguably had undertaker's well, last you got, good but match.
1: but you're the you're the 20 you're 21 yeah
0: you're right but the thing is is that like we then what was the next one? Oh no, because why it was after he lost. So never yeah, mind. Yeah, Brock was next. Yep. Yeah, Brock was next. But the big thing is, is that you're given, you were constantly put in main events, and you were prominently placed on the card with important stuff to do. When the Nexus was floundering, they gave the Nexus to you. Yep. You know, so the Straight Edge Society got a lot of
1: real screen time. Right, you got to go out there and say. Whatever you wanted to Jeff Hardy. (laughs) Yeah, right. You know what I mean? They gave you a lot of creative liberty.
0: You know, so they, they did give him a lot of rope. Where I will say that he is right is that Vince looked at that guy and said, you can't be my top guy because John Cena, one, is my top guy right now. But you don't look like that. You look like a drug addict. Right. You're you're the
1: weirdest straight edge guy in the world because you, you look like you sleep inside the dumpster at Waffle House.
0: Right. You know, and so it's like and so Vince McMahon looking at this decision is like, look, you're organically over, but you're going to have you're going to have a run like The Undertaker. Right. Where I always viewed The Undertaker throughout the Attitude Era and throughout like his entire run. Uh, when he was like an actual like full time person, was like you're this larger than life figure that's always looming. If I start talking about like a uh, like a comic book reference, the the one I always look is like uh, Galactus. Right, Galactus is never really the like main driving bad guy. He's never really the guy that is like hatching the schemes that the fantastic four is, but he's always a threat. He's always there. Something's always able, like some, he's always lurking. And that's how I always felt about the undertaker. The undertaker wasn't always the champion or he wasn't always chasing the champion, but he was always doing something I cared about. And he was always doing something that was very important to the show. And that's where CM Punk was. And I do feel like punk, Just soured, whether it was a relationship with Hunter, whether it was a a relationship with Vince, I feel like it just soured where it's like, we've all been at that job. We've all been at that job where you feel like you keep getting slighted and the slights decrease in severity but increase in frequency sure. in your mind. And it just gets to a point where it's like, I can't work here anymore. Right. And so with, with me with CM Punk, and we've talked a lot about
1: CM Punk, we've had a lot of time to talk about CM Punk. And I understand both sides of this. So I sway a little bit more management side on this one, only because I think that CM Punk, which CM Punk believes that he was an A++ treated like a B-, and what I think is it's CM Punk is a B plus treated like a B plus. That's what I personally think, right? I remember like a great barometer for how I look at casual wrestling observance is my buddy Derek. He likes wrestling. Sure. Because when he comes over, especially years ago, it was often on, right? Right. So like he likes, not off and on, often on. (laughs) And so like, What he would like is the good stuff when I was watching it. And I remember him asking me around like 2013-ish when we were all kind of coming back in, was was, who's the best guy they've got? And I'd be like, probably CM Punk. Sure. And then he'd watch the show and he'd be like, really? You know what I mean? Because CM Punk is very talented, very charismatic, has a tremendous connection with the audience. His matches are just fine, no, right. no problem, his work rates fine, but I don't think that CM Punk is the megastar that CM Punk thinks he is. Sure. This transcendent, like must see, always the best part of the show guy that he had talked himself into thinking he was. Sure. And then what I also think is like you said, like if you really look at getting a significant streak match getting to dress up like paul bearer who was dead and rub his ass just died right Mm -hmm. and you know that you were a multi-time world champion you know what i mean i did the money in the bank thing man you sat on my stage and said that the show will be better when i die which is wild because he was right and right and he's (laughs) right about like at least when mr mcmahon dies you know what i mean and and it's like and then I I I I lived up to my end of the bargain, dude. Right. You know what I mean? Like you cut the promo that everybody
0: talked about. You had to beat John. And I and we did. Yeah. The problem is, is, and and this is where I side with him a little bit more. The he then loses the belt like yep. a month or two later. Yeah. And and that's where that's where I feel like he has a leg to stand on. Yeah. Because he sets the world on fire. I remember being in class or I was in, I was like working in the television studio at school when stuff started going off. And I had friends texting me being like, what's the deal with this CM Punk thing? Like, cause the pipe bombage yeah. was, yeah. was actively happening. Yeah. And, and it's just like, people were invested. I was invested. I watched that SummerSlam or was it money in the bank? was money in the bank because they were going to try they tried to have del rio come in or whatever but having like there was just so much like oh my god like what is happening this is the show i remember stuff was happening and then they undercut it right away and that's not unfair either what i would kind of counter is
1: he did get 434s days as champion he did walk in and out of a wrestlemania as champion yeah did he go on last no and i know that's a very very big deal to people right and i and i get that and i'm not taking it away from you and you know uh, some people counter with well rock and hogan didn't go on last and it's like yeah but between the two of them they went on last plenty of times (laughs) sure the the rock went on last the problem went on last they went on last they didn't go on last together
0: yeah punk not going on last at wrestlemania is probably the biggest slight and it's like i understand it i'm not again because like i said with the stone cold steve austin thing where it's like look the the, this is what the show needs from the actor this is your story this is where your story slots in and i need you to be okay with that because you're an actor in a play right and when i have the biggest movie star in the world facing my top guy right that has to go on last. Yeah. This
1: this is if we could have done like Sylvester Stallone versus Hulk Hogan right in the 80s. I, I need you to get that. I need you to and, understand that. And if Sylvester Stallone was also a multiple-time former WWE champion, right? You know what I mean? Like you don't I can't like WWE, like without exaggeration, can never book a star bigger than The Rock because. He was already a wrestler. Yeah. It's not about like, wow, Logan Paul can kind of do it. Sure. It's that The Rock is the biggest movie star in the world, one of the biggest wrestling creations of all time. He's already both. I don't have to teach The Rock how to wrestle. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm bringing in, uh, God, Vin Diesel, and now I'm going to have him main event WrestleMania and hope he can just not die. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? It's because
0: like, Lawrence Taylor wasn't good. But
1: you gotta understand what a once in a generation, like who The Rock right. is as far as specialness. Right. Um, but ultimately, with over seven years to reflect, and now the fact that he's back in wrestling and not in WWE, what is your verdict on CM Punk walking out till the contract expiration? And the fact, and do you ever see him coming back to WWE ever again?
0: I don't, uh, unless unless there is a situation in which like this trajectory that we are currently on with the Triple H regime continues, maybe uh, eventually, but I doubt it. I think it'll be
1: a, a Bruno Martino like reconciliation yeah. when they're old and near death, and yeah, like it's a Hall Jim, of Fame, Jim finale. Hellwig like a hall of fame thing yeah. where like one day i be like, Oh my God, they made up because Michael Cole or whoever's in charge now will be like, you can, you can't believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Whatever.
0: But I just, I want to side more. I want to side more with punk on this one. Um Just because it, they're, they're both equally at fault in my mind because I think that punk, I think you were a huge baby about the whole thing yeah but i do understand that sometimes you just get frustrated with a work environment uh, but at the same time it's like yeah i do think that if he was a current star right we we do all the vince mcmahon is basically paying off women to keep their mouths shuts and we find that out in 2012 or whenever the heck
1: sometimes pay them to keep their mouths open <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> but
0: you know whenever whenever you want to say the like the summer of punk right if that's the time you or the 434 day title reign if one of those things is when you want to pick it but triple h was in charge So far, this version that I've seen in the in the last like three weeks is a version I think he would stick with. Yeah, because I think it would val. I think I think this current WWE would value and embrace his connection with the fan base, where Vince McMahon didn't and didn't want to. Yeah, so.
1: One of Vince McMahon's great strengths was I'll make money with anybody, right? Sure. You know, he had a problem with Bruno, brought back Bruno, Hogan brought back Hogan, Warrior brought back Warrior, whatever. uh, um, But I wonder if, see, I think that the Triple H of 2011, like the guy with the ponytail and the shoe that he was, you know what I mean, like that, yeah. Where every week was, yeah, screw you, I'm a petulant teenage character. That guy would have buried him into the ground. Correct. What I'm wondering. And we'll find out in time because this this opportunity I don't believe has presented itself yet, but it will very soon. Bullet point that. Sure. Will Triple H now in this role is yeah. you know creative guy exclusively, yeah. right? Will he then just do what is quote <laughs> best for business? Would he be yeah. like, of course, if you came back, it'd be huge. And you know who we'll find out that with is Cody. Yes, because that was personal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it's kind of a... a and I don't want to d- dive down this road too deep. Um, but the, we know, because we interviewed Cody Rhodes on this show years ago. And it was, very, it was right after he won the Ring of Honor Championship. And he said on our show, Triple H texted me and said, congratulations. Sure. So at one point, their relationship was at least okay enough for Triple H to text him, congratulations, you're the Ring of Honor Champion. That was pre- Starting a company, breaking the throne. Sure. You know, having Triple H be a character on being the elite on YouTube. You right. know what I mean? That was before that. Will Triple H just say, look, man, you got yourself over. Let's make the most of it. You know, I, right. th- I think you winning the title is an amazing story. That was the plan. We're keeping it. And that guy, if that is who he has become... Would definitely use CM Punk to his yes. fullest. The problem is when CM Punk came back to AEW, it diluted any possible WWE return by at least fifty percent. Yes, because now he's already come back to wrestling, yeah. and there's a big difference between him, like, like doing the Cody Rhodes kind of thing, where it's like, "Hey, I'm back. Yeah. You blew it, and I'm gonna stop. You know, shove it." And I just. I don't think CM Punk comes back until it's like a Hall of Fame kind of thing. My final verdict on it is um, there wasn't too much time left on his contract. I do believe they got way closer to the most out of him than he believes. Sure. Um, So I side 55-45 management. Uh, sure, on the I'm, CM Punk one.
0: Yeah, I'm probably the other way but that same split.
1: Exactly. So I, you know, they're they're both real tough to work
0: with. Yeah, right. They're both they're both awful, right? You're both awful to work with and you are both awful to work with with each other. Right. And I hope that that doesn't happen with AEW, but one of my big criticisms of his return is dude, you are the Harvey Dent quote. You are the Harvey Dent quote, man. Yeah. You literally came back and did Everything that you were pissed off about with Dwayne, like a hundred percent, you are. You came back, awesome, great moment. It was awesome. I was pumped. I was excited, and then you had the match with Darby Allen, and then here we go. You're the champion now, and I, then you got hurt.
1: I would tell you that CM Punk's uh, return has been. Wildly underwhelming. Um, sure. First, from the beginning, like I get it. Like you're, especially he's, he's been back for like a year now, right? Something like or close to it. Yeah, it's been a year. Yeah. Yep. So, like, I get it. You want people to watch your new show and you want people to buy stuff when they're there. You want to sell out this CM Punk is back t shirt, right? You want to sell <laughs> it out in the arena. You want to sell it out online, right? You CM Punk is back t shirt. But You had seven years to fantasy book how CM Punk returns, and it's just to open the show a promo, right? I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know if it's running down to save the day. I don't know what it is. But the answer's not just like, we signed him. Yeah,
0: well, that's an AEW criticism that I will have.
1: But then he comes back, and you know what he is, guys? He's in his mid-40s. He's beat up. You know what I mean? His UFC career took miles off those tires sure and i just think that like he's back and it's fine right and it and his run in aew is almost exactly how i feel about the majority of aew which is if it's making people happy that's awesome sure and i don't
0: always quite get it yeah well the thing is is i think Hashtag AEW. I th- <laughs> yeah. uh, well it, it, when it comes to that guy is is i think a we talked about it on the when we talked about the AEW show and we talked about the identity of AEW for in the beginning, definitely. And you know, we'll see where they kind of go and they've kind of pushed out of it. But it's the idea of WWE sucks, huh? We don't suck. We're not WWE. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And I think that CM Punk became the catalyst of a fan's desire for the show to be better. Mm-hmm. He was The character was more representative of that Ruthless Aggression era. And the the general
1: fan sentiment. Right. Everything he said in that pipe bomb was echoed by a lot of people at home.
0: Right. No doubt about it. And so I think that the legend of CM Punk outlives the age of the performer. Because the problem is, is, it's just like, oh man, I would love for WrestleMania, everything's coming crashing down it's hurting inside and here comes hulk hogan and i want hulk hogan to come and hulk up and you know start pointing at people and beating people up and dropping legs but then the reality of like terry belay is broken and ancient and he can't do that and he's awful you know like all of those real world things are like oh that's why we can't have Hulk Hogan show up and it feels like that a little bit to me with CM Punk where it's like, oh man, like you're the voice of the voiceless. Like you're the counterculture guy. You're the guy that said the show would be better when Vince McMahon was dead and you were right. Right. Even just having a talent sit there and be like, this show sucks, doesn't it? Right. You know what I mean? And it's just like, there were so many people at home that were like, yeah. Yes, it does. And so now what are you when the show doesn't? You know what I mean? And what happens when you're not on that show? You you know, and it's like, I don't know if I've been captivated by anything that AEW has done with CM Punk. Well,
1: that's funny, too, isn't it? Because um, it's going to bridge to a guy that we can talk about right now. Because you know who became the this show sucks guy and I am here and earned the right to say it was MJF. Right. And so you're so right. That's such a great point where it's like CM Punk's identity, especially after 2011, was the guy in WWE that also realizes WWE blows. Right. And that was the character. Right. That was who I wanted him to be. Yeah. That was the most expressive. And I I, like what else was he other than straight edge? Other than being somebody who doesn't like booze and, and drugs, tell me about CM Punk. Right, it's the fact that he thinks WWE is awful, and I'm in, I'm going to try to change the system from within. And when you go to a different company and you're not the AEW sucks guy, that's MJF, and all you're now two things. One, your identity is muted because you don't want to talk about WWE, right. and I get it. But by the way, I think it's a good decision. Yes, but he said I'm not going to be the WWE sucks guy sure. in this new company. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And so my, my question, honest, honest question is if you're not WWE sucks guy and I don't care if you drink
0: alcohol, who are you? Right. And that's the big thing is like, nothing is really like, and him winning the title and then not really like getting hurt literally immediately and having to basically go on the shelf Is it's almost like these old wrestlers should stop. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Ric Flair. But oh man, the the big thing is is like, okay, like what who are you as this champion, right? Like, what is this program with John Moxley if you're not really gonna build to anything, like you're gonna come back?
1: and And the problem too, and the AEW is gonna face this often just because of the number of signings, is the story is hey man, you're holding my belt, and just so you know. If you remember, uh, the shield was supposed to be my security detail. Sure. You've always been beneath me. Right. You know what I mean? You're not the real champion I am. Sure. You were going to be the detail guy. I was the star. But we're not going to talk about the shield. No. And so now we have to pretend that you guys have some sort of Ring of Honor level problem from 15 years ago. Which you never were together. So it's just you like were never
0: together because he, I don't think Moxley was ever in Ring of Honor. That, that's no. just going
1: to be a, a, a recurring problem is you're going to have all these wwe guys that don't talk about wwe but it's a major reason why we know they don't like each other sure um but anyway neither here nor there i want to then jump to um a aew quote unquote original um who has also taken his ball and going gone home in a very famous fashion so i want to talk about all aspects of this but it was a few months ago now i think it was may that this happened um MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, one of the youngest, hottest rising stars in pro wrestling. A What I really believe, at least did months ago, was one of the core assets that AEW had. I believe that the two best assets they had talent-wise were... MJF and Hangman Page, because you can be my bad guy and my good guy for the next 15 years, and you're mine. Yep. I own you. Everybody's got an indie career, folks. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. I like can find beyond and evolve footage of MJF. Big deal. The the point is, is like for all intents and purposes, you're mine. Yes, and so you can be my proof that I can build stars. You can be the people who I own your whole legacy, kind of thing. Like you're my guys. And MJF, I think it felt to be the first real victim, quote unquote, of the WWE influx of signings, because I feel like he just got kind of he thinks he was pushed to the side. So I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Do you agree with him? And what do you think about that very controversial promo he cut where he took it? I think way, way farther than AEW and Tony Khan expected it to, to the point where he hasn't been mentioned on TV or tweeted
0: in months. He's a ghost. What do you think about all So uh, the problem is, is that, and I said this, and I've said this consistently, there's group chats with it. There's group chats with me in it uh, where I talk about this, where it's like, this is the problem with Tony Khan. This is a Tony Khan problem because your enamored because you're a wrestling like geek and you're enamored with all of very rich wrestling right and so when you're scooping up and signing all of the guys that you are fans of then the guys that you already have get pushed to the side and i and i said this on one of our shows probably the AEW one where it's like mjf was the anti-establishment guy. And now when CM Punk is here and he returns from an extended hiatus, I can't have two anti-establishment guys, at least not on the same level. So one of them has to take a step back. And it kept feeling like MJF was taking a step back and a step back and a step back. And, MJF should have been the guy to beat Hang Hangman Page, Page, not CM
1: Punk. Correct. It's the most logical lineage progression right. where like my top baby face, right? Who you like and you want to feel, because I know that not everything has to be old school Vince McMahon, white meat baby, and, and very stereotypical right. heel, but- was I supposed to be happy Paige lost? I yeah, thought right. I liked Paige. And if I'm not supposed to be happy Paige lost, is Punk the bad guy? Right. Because I didn't think you wanted me to have him be the bad guy. Right. And I know... You know, sometimes John Cena beats Rey Mysterio for the title, pal. Sure. And I and I get that, but it's like, wouldn't it have made much, much more sense for you to be creatively have me fall in love with Hangman Page, especially as, as a champion? So when MJF breaks his heart, he breaks all of our hearts. Right. Instead and of then CM it, Punk,
0: we don't even know how to feel. But then it are like and at that point, once MJF is the champion, then it's a logical progression for CM Punk to challenge MJF because he already had a match with him. And MJF lost because of Wardlow. So there's a lot of creative storytelling with having MJF be the next champion without having him fall by the wayside. It feels like he's fallen by the wayside. It feels like he just guys have. He talked
1: about Sonny Kiss on, on the AEW show. And I mean it like no matter what you think about Sonny Kiss, the performer it's, they had a press conference in Jacksonville. where, like, here we are. Right. And Sonny Kiss was like one of the players and what I think AEW wanted to do was get all the publicity of being like, look, we have a um, LGBTQ member of our roster. We're sure. celebrating them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're proud. I think I think it's it's he, uh, she, her pronouns. We're proud of her. We're proud of them. Sure. They're, we, we are here. We are modern. We are yeah. different. You Nyla would,
0: Rose is their first women's champion you would, or yep. second
1: women's champion? Uh, f- second, second. Second. Riho was first. Riho. She beats Riho. Oh, okay. So, but it's like the... You would never see these characters on Raw. Right. In fact, they'd be mocked on Raw. Right. You know what I mean? Like if, if God forbid we had a Middle Eastern person, they would be Muhammad Hassan. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. no. And he was not Italian. Well, no, right. So was Taboo. And we're not going <laughs> to do that here. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, when you just sign guy after guy after guy, well, then people that you right. at one point touted as tentpole players faded away. And if MJF could feel that insecure. Sure. Who is safe? And so now I want to talk to you about the fact that MJF cut that huge, like, everybody's talking about it promo, where it ended with him calling Tony Khan an effing mark, where they, and he really said it. I mean, there's uncensored versions from international broadcasts where you can hear, I mean, he went for it. Yeah. In my opinion, Tony Khan did the thing where he's like, the timeline is, look, you blew off that that meet and greet. Sure. And everybody knows it. Right there's nothing we can do in an internet world to pretend that people don't know you blew off the meet and greet. Right, right. so we're going to try over the next you know couple of weeks, months, whatever, try to repair our relationship here. But in the meantime, it would be strategic for you to go cut a shoot sure. on me. You know what I mean? Because again, this is so readily available information everybody knows this happened everybody knows right everybody knows you're pissed so we're gonna lean into it man let's make some money and then what i think that guy went out there and did was and i mean this try to get fired
0: right and i think the the question is is what what was the match with wardlow the next night supposed to look like right because he's supposed to wrestle wardlow and it was basically yeah, like what do, you a, think, what do you what do you think was the tipping point well so, uh, i who's to say yeah. it has to be it has to be him getting passed over you know cuz again like I even think he was Ward- pissed, punk
2: came punk came back I, he be- punk beat him and that was really well, it well that, for that him. was the thing
0: is he went from losing to punk which fueled the wardlow storyline now look this isn't a negative against wardlow I think he's fantastic. I love everything about him. They're presenting him. Like some guys, the Goldberg thing just works, right? They're big, they're strong, they're scary. They go out there and they kick ass and it's fun to watch. Wardlow, one of those guys. And so it's like, yeah, you have a potential to build a star. He, you know, classic wrestling. He's the la- the big, strong, like brick shit house. He's with the smarmy heel. The smarmy heel treats him terribly until the guy finally has enough and then gets his come and the bad guy gets his comeuppance. I get it. It's wrestling, it's uh, storytelling 101, right? The problem is, is that I, I think it felt to MJF that he, you bring in punk. All right. I don't really like this. Oh, I'm immediately going to lose to CM Punk. Oh, that's not great. Oh, now I'm in a program where I just lose to Wardlow. And the question is, is, Was the squash supposed to happen? Was that changed? You know, because I can see, I can see where the two are heightening each other because MJF is mad. You know, they decide to change the finish. He gets and again, I don't know any of this information. This isn't this is me speculating. He gets word that they change it from an actual competitive match the next night, right? And he's about to go out and do this meet and greet to, oh no, you're just gonna get hammered. So he says, you know what? Screw this. I'm out and leaves, gets called to come back, whatever, whatever, whatever. They mend the fence. He at least feels like a professional gets and goes and does the match. Then they maybe they entice him with the say whatever you want. You get the pipe bomb because now as Tony Khan being the fanboy that he is, is like, this can be my pipe bomb moment and I can get the world talking again. And then MJF went and said how he really felt. And then it's just like, oh, well, you can't disrespect me
1: like that. I I fervently, fervently believe and will until somebody involved says otherwise that that was what it was. It was, I don't know exactly what the tipping point is either, but at one point he said, I'm blowing off the meet and greet and might blow off the pay per view. It's gotten that bad. Right. And then what I really just think Tony said was, We're the edgier company, we're the new way, new school company we're gonna work this into a shoot, brother. Yeah. And like I said, everybody knows this happened, right? Like right. when, when, and we're gonna get to them next, when the former women's tag team champions return, the commentary is not gonna be like, oh, where'd they been? Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like, they're gonna be, right. we're all gonna know that there was tension and then they left and then they were pissed and that they're back and they have a point to prove, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. And what I really think was just this guy thought, yeah, go out there and use it. Let's use it. Let's, let's fog the lines and nobody really know what's real and what's not. And then he, like, I, I believe this. It's not, it's, it wasn't just being an excellent promo cutter. He must've said fire me like 10 times. Sure. Ending it with using the F word, which they had to pay for, I'm sure. Oh yeah. And you know, Using it, period, at your boss, and then calling him a mark, which is, you know, how a lot of them really feel about that guy. Oh, from MJF to Cody Rhodes. I'm telling you this, and I'm not knocking the promotion. So if there's people out there listening that love AEW, I'm not knocking your promotion, man. I promise. And if you're loving them, I'm so happy that you like something. But Tony Khan is a very wealthy wrestling fan. We have spent plenty of time in independent wrestling where i'm telling you it's all for sale it's all all for sale from names to the arena like if you have money
0: you if i had the money to we're in boston If I had the money to rent out Fenway Park and pay for the AEW roster, I could do it.
1: And I'm not telling you that it doesn't take talent to be a promoter and keep a company going and get respect and be long-term. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you that if you're worth a billion dollars, you can put on any goddamn wrestling show you want. That's what I'm telling you. So Tony Khan being if you want to be impressed that he's wealthy, go for it. I think a lot of the money's his dad, but at the same time, him being this like, can you believe all he's accomplished? Yes, he's very rich in an industry where you can buy it all. You can buy it all. All, everything, and everyone is for sale. And so when you have a roster full of guys that know that and see you, and I'm sorry, this is just, I'm just trying to be real here and see you being a, what appears to be all coked up spaz weirdo. Sure. You're going to lose the respect of guys that know that you're the paycheck cutter. You're never going to be Vince McMahon. You're never going to be Jim Crockett, you're never even going to be Ted Turner, because Ted Turner did a way better job of just paying everybody and not being a guy.
0: Yeah, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let Bischoff run the thing. So when you get
1: all, uh, you know, I don't know, man, maybe you had a lot of soda or something, or sour patch kids, but when you do press conferences with CM Punk and go, uh, this guy won the Friday Night War, and let me tell you about what CM Punk did, and he, he, CM Punk beat everybody, and like, what hasn't he done? And like, CM Punk, let me tell you something. You know? yeah, it's right. it's just like, dude, you're the lead representative for your company. You're a geek, dude. You are such a geek, and right. and MJF being like, "Look, dude, yeah, I'll kiss your ass to the point of it being advantageous." But now, if you're gonna screw
0: me, I don't respect you, Tony Khan. Yeah, you know who else doesn't I, respect Tony Khan? Cody Rhodes. Well, that was gonna so be, he got the hell out of it. That was going to be my next point. Is is I wouldn't be shocked to hear just how closely tied cody is to all of this you know it it, because cody cody and mjf were tied at the hip right right mjf was cody's guy and so when cody in real life too right well and that's what i mean in real life they're they're tied at the hip yeah so when whatever the relationship is that fell out between cody and aew it had to have been at least parroted to
1: mjf and if you and if you're mjf i'm Pretty sure the timeline is the promo came after Cody Rhodes returned at WrestleMania. Yeah. So you're seeing what that company can do for you and sure. how there's only one stage that big. Right. No matter how much money you have, that's the thing that, you know, this company. It's like, but I think if you're MJF, again, spitballing here with it is if you're MJF, you're like, I'm okay being the franchise quarterback never probably making you know i probably make 75 cents on the dollar here sure and there's something to be said about wwe and and I, but i'll be like a long time
0: lifer here right. if i'm the guy or, if i can or be or the, the randy orton of right the place. that's the name that's the name because he's, i'm the bad guy because i'm the bad guy i'm the bad guy i am i'm never going to be the like guy on the promotional posters nor do i want to be but i we know him we know him personally we i've been in locker rooms
1: with him when he was still on the indie circuit first of all he's way nicer than he wants you to know he is (laughs) Um, and the second thing is like i know that about him that like he i first of all i know that he has always kind of wanted to be a a wwe champion but with with mjf like he wants to be an all-time bad guy He does not want to shift. He doesn't want to turn face. He wants to be a legendarily always hated Rick Rude bad guy. And that is a big time goal of his. And also, how cool is that that you have a guy willing to be like, oh, I never have to be the top baby here. Don't ever worry about that. I want yeah. to be the bad guy. That's a real asset to have. Oh, MJF yeah. has
2: always kind of planted the seeds too. He's always said, "Who's going to pay me the most money when my contract's up? I'm going to go there." He's always kind of planted the seeds that. Yeah, but WWE- I also
0: feel like that's more of like a just a bad guy thing, right? Because, yeah, uh, because if I'm an AEW like diehard fan, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that, yeah, right. right? But you even, have to. Remember- I don't even want to hear that from the bad guy,
2: right? Yeah.
1: The comparison that I make, um, and I, we made this when we had a, a guest spot on um, Jimmy Stewart's uh, podcast, Wrestling Inside the Ropes, on 98.5 The Sports Hub, is so for local sports fans. Um, you'll get this right away, but I think it's a general thing that everybody can understand. Uh, so there's a player in the Boston Celtics, and his name is Jason Tatum. Um, Jason Tatum grew up idolizing Kobe Bryant. Um, he was his hero. Went to camps with him. I mean, like the, the yeah. kid is upset. He wore uh, a his armband, an armband that said 24, even though the Lakers are the Celtics' arch nemesis. Uh, but he wore that in in the finals, right? A huge, huge Kobe Bryant fan, which is what I why I believe that he will one day be a Laker, right? Because he grew up, you know, picturing himself playing at the Staples Center, wearing the Lakers jersey, having his number up in the Raptors next to Kobe Bryant. And maybe if the Celtics stay this competitive, they were in the finals this year, they can certainly pay him the most. Sure. So maybe if the Celtics stay very competitive and keep pouring money into the kid, money that can't be matched, he'll be a career Celtic, Maybe. I believe he's going to be a Laker one day because how do I shake a dream out of you? Right. And the same point is, if you're MJF, you grew up idolizing Triple H and wanting to be the WWE champion. How do I shake the dream out of you? Right. I do it with money and respect, neither which he feels He's He's getting. getting. He mentioned that you're paying the WWE guys more than me, and you're. And and he mentioned that I'm sliding
0: down this card rapidly. Here's the thing, everybody that's listening, watching, all of you. What I need you to do for me right now is I need you to tweet at, tag everything with MJF because I want to sit down with him. I wanna sit down with him and I want to talk to him. We can DM him. He's DM- nobody's
1: he's DM'd us before. We yeah. we can DM him. But
0: I need you to I need you, the fan base, to help get this ball rolling that you guys want to see this because you're just as curious as we are. Yeah, and and the truth is, like it's
1: true. We 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 know the guy well enough that we've dm'd before and we can DM him, but but Eddie's right, if you do it, that might you know, make it feel like it's uh, time, uh, to, time to I, talk about what the. Cause hell Because I'll going travel
0: on. to wherever he is. I'll I'll, go. I'll, I'll go hop later. on a plane and I'll film him in his house. I don't
1: tag MJF. So tell him to be on the New Age Insiders and spill his again. guts again. Oh yeah, he has been on the
0: show before. Again. So that'd be great. And maybe I'll shoot him a DM too. We can. Anyway, um but yeah, going her? back to the thing to the main kind of central point is I throw this 100% on the company. Same here. I throw yeah, this I'm, I'm with the talent like almost all the way. All yeah. the way. I just I believe and again, I don't 100% know the details because they've been good about not sharing the details. But Cody leaving is monumental. Cody leaving, CM Punk coming in and basically playing the same position. He is the same positional player.
1: Disgruntled former WWE guy.
0: Right. And I can't, if, you know, back to the to the, the basketball reference, I can't have two power forwards. They literally can't play at the same time. So two of my best players can't be at the same position. One of you has to change positions, yep. which you're not going to like. Or I have to get rid of you because you're not going to play and you're not going to like it. And that is exactly what has happened, in my opinion, to MJF in AEW. I think he is the real
1: first, what I would call, victim of needing to sign 80% of released WWE talent. You know, there are some people who have slid down the card and suffered from it, etc. But no one more so than that guy, which should have been such a sure thing for you. But you fell in love. With I think you fell in love with two things. I think you fell in love with names. Yeah. But I also think that what Tony Khan sees it as every time I sign somebody, it's sticking it to them and yeah. sticking it to them and sticking it to them. Right. And we've made this point before. But Tony, it's really tough for you to stick it to me when I fired them. Now <laughs> you can mock me for making stupid decisions. Like, yeah. like, don't get me wrong, like because what it was really was trying to stick it to Vince. Yeah. But the logic is yeah, you signed Keith Lee and people like him more. I fired him. I didn't want him, Tony. Yeah. So you're not sticking it to me. When, when Eric Bischoff, when, when, when uh, Kevin Nash came into my office and said, I have an offer you can't match. So I'm leaving. That was sticking it to me. You know what I mean? Like when Bret Hart came and said, "You have an they have an offer. Please match this," and I just can't. Right? Yeah, I didn't want to. You know, I was moving on from Bret, but I didn't want to flat out lose him. Right? That's sticking it to me. I think you stuck it to me with Moxley and Jericho, and kind of with Punk, and a little bit with Daniel Bryan, but not from from Vince's perspective. Not with Cesaro. No, you know what I mean. Did you put Adam Cole in that? Not from
0: Vince's perspective. Well, see, here's I, the let thing. Him, I let him yeah, I let him let walk.
1: him go. Well,
0: here's the thing is whether he didn't re-sign with them or he let him go, I wouldn't say it's too early to tell. It's TBD with Adam Cole yeah. because look, here's the thing to AEW's credit, you are just doing the undisputed era, which is really what I want. I just yeah. want you to keep that train rolling. So no, you, they have. So you're just keeping that train rolling and you're doing kind of interesting things. They turned on the bucks it's probably going to lead to a match between the bucks and And Kenny and Kenny versus the undisputed era or whatever they're calling themselves undisputed elite undisputed elite. That's right. You know what I mean? So like both names are bad, (laughs) right? But you're, you're definitely, it's too early to tell with Adam Cole, but some of these signings, it's just like, yeah, I don't, you don't know what to do with these people and for you to bring them in at the, you know, at, at the detriment to your established talent, because yeah, Moxley coming in and Daniel Bryan coming in hurt hangman just as much, you know, well, and,
1: it, when you bring these people in and you want them all to main event, it's going to be two things. One people that were already here are going to shift and slide and they can't all be the champion. Like you want right. Daniel Bryan and punk and Cesaro and Keith Lee and Alistair black to all be the AEW champion. It's like, okay, well, are we talking about seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, and then they'll, by then they'll all have been the champion? Okay. Or do you want this in the next six months? You can't have it this way. And in my opinion, AEW, full pun intended, would appear a lot more elite if they didn't sign as many goddamn people. Sure. Everybody's yeah. elite. You know, Jay Lethal in his 40s is elite. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. And like people I've never heard of are elite you know what i mean and it's like it would do you a lot better to do less more with less less, yeah you know what i mean less is more right right what's your final verdict on um mjf will he come back because he has years left on his contract this isn't something that's like come january is he in the rumble like they're gonna have to come i i think he has quite a while
0: yeah i would have to imagine that uh, again, like there has to be some sort of turning point, right? This is why he hasn't said anything, and that's the crazy part. Because, he hasn't tweeted since May. Right. You he's been a ghost. And, and this is not a work. Right. It's not because there's no money being made. There's no money being made. We're not, he's not counter programming, he's not doing anything. He's non existent. So he's not making any money. You're they're not making any money. So it's not a work, right? And so, like, look, here's the thing. Could he? Could it be possible that he's hurt? Maybe. Yeah. But I doubt it. I threw that idea, Chip, uh, off the
1: air. Which is, but here's the other thing. If so, let's just say, yeah, he has an injury, and this is a very creative way to get him off TV. Well, on the one hand, I mean, man, he took it really far on that exit promo. Sure. And the other thing is, like, we're not even keeping him relevant, right? Like, if he was hurt, first of all. I don't believe he's hurt. He got smashed around by Wardlow, so he was good enough to do that. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? And if he was, you know, heels are such easy TV. Oh, I mean, yeah. about how, like, let's just say he broke his leg and, you know, you saw him at home treating the butler like garbage. You know what I well, mean? Well, wasn't,
0: wasn't there that promo where somebody was just in a wheelchair and just yelling at people the whole time? Well, but
1: just think of what you could do with MJF at home. You know, with a broken leg, he's got a butler treating him like ass. Got the yeah. little bell. You know what I mean? Just like there's so much content there. Yeah. And instead, he's not even tweeting like anything. Not like live tweeting dynamite and making fun of the babies. You know he's, what I mean? Well, like we he's talked about off even... the
2: air, you, it, it's you know he you missed the you miss striking the iron while it's hot. You're Six weeks too late now. Also, reading from uh, a website here, MJF's contract is up January first, twenty twenty four, uh, reportedly. So over a year, over a year, yeah. you know, and more than a year and a half from the promo. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you. So is this guy going to sit at home for a year? Can they add on to his contract? So here is the like, thing:
1: I have no idea what he makes. Probably uh,
2: I I don't probably. I don't know how reputable this site is, but <laughs> it's not a lot of money.
1: I think he makes less than a hundred thousand bucks. That's what I am reading. That's that, what I. I that's yeah. what I. And so like. He comes from a wealthy family. Yep. He's made money. He would, you know, no one's going to be super pissed about 100 grand. Um, could he just do it on principle? And but the problem is this, it's just like is WWE going to remember me in a year and a half? Am oh, I yeah. going to be hot? Like yep. like if the time if he had been like some sort of genius, right? And let's just say he was negotiating a contract with AEW, right? It's up in a couple months. And then he that so he felt like he had the liberty to skip a couple things and say what he wanted on TV right for leverage knowing that like when I hit the Royal Rumble in a couple months I'm gonna be the hottest thing in the world. People won't even believe that I'm here because there was still rumors I was working it out with right. Aew. is a year and seven months too long to make you know like, yes the answer is yes yeah people will remember you obviously it, but I mean like a year and a half of just disappearing from the business, all together, and then debuting in a new company where everybody that watches AEW knows what WWE is. Not everybody that watches WWE knows what AEW is. So you're already at a, a slight disadvantage with that. You know what I mean? We haven't seen anybody that was in... We haven't seen Hangman Page. We haven't seen Evil Uno. We haven't seen Jungle Boy. We haven't seen somebody from AEW that you'd have to watch AEW to know jump yet yeah because you know not cody
0: yeah because cody doesn't count because he was already a guy and the return at the at the wrestlemania is the safest, softest landing because right. that international audience is going to know who he is, AEW, and all. And he was on TV weeks ago, right? Darby but Allen, not, not a year and a half. Yeah, Darby Allen would be a name where it's just like, are you going to get the type of reaction? But you have to be at the mercy of of like people, quite frankly, knowing who you are. Right. Yep. You know what I mean?
1: Because AEW seen that on the other side when they just assume their all of their fans were ravenous indie people, then you see like the butcher and the blade debut and people aren't sure if it's two guys that jumped the barricade. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you can't assume that everybody knows everybody, especially as you're going downhill. Yeah. Right. Like if John Cena shows up on dynamite, 101% of the people there will know who he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if like, you know, like luchasaurus, you know what I mean? Some people are going to be like, what is that? You know what I mean? Right. Um, My final verdict is I'm 100% on the side of talent on this. I think this is a real problem that AEW is going to face in the future because while they think having a lack of a creative department and corporate structure is a strength, it can be a real weakness. This is what happens when everybody's in charge of creative. You know what I mean? Because he probably went to them. I totally agree with you that he probably went to them and went, all right, so I lost to CM Punk. And then I'm going to lose to Wardlow. Then what? And they went, oh, we don't know yet. And he's just like, dude. Yeah. That's funny. And if you're going to give me an open mic, I really, really, in my heart of hearts, believe that guy went out there trying to get fired. Sure. I think because he's just like, I want to go to WWE. I just saw well, the Cody thing. I want to go there. I've always wanted to go there. I ha- I don't respect well, my you. Fire me. is there. Yeah, fire me. I mean, he said it like 10 times. He said, fire me. Like. 10 times and I know it's wrestling and
2: I know it's a show,
1: but that led to him basically being like, no, that's all folks. Yeah. So right. I just think he meant everything. He I'm said.
2: pretty sure his final line was fire me. You F and Mark. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yep. that was
1: it. It was just like, you know, dude, I'm going to try to say something so awful yep. that you want to get mad and just fire. me. Right. I think that's what he wanted to do. I mean, I like go back there and have Tony Khan be so hot. He just fires him yep. and then maybe later regrets it, whatever, whatever, but it was so hot he just did it. Yeah. Yep. So In he's the throes torn, of I'm, passion. So I'm
0: free. You know what I mean? Right. I, I agree. I side with talent. And this is a big thing. And again, like, you know, just to kind of bring it full circle before we move on to the ladies the main event to the ladies. <laughs> the big thing is, is that this is going to be a problem that you're going to have with your talent moving forward. Cody Rhodes not wanting to re sign for whatever you were going to pay is a huge, huge, huge bright red flag. Totally agree. I can't
1: undersell how
0: big it is that he left. Yes. That the guy that
2: started the operation.
1: Right. Was like no, this actually isn't my best opportunity anymore. And I mean, it really
2: does surprise me how many people do not see your way of seeing that. Don't it, get it. it, like, yeah. it's, it it's, like, it's huge. Oh,
1: man, he wanted the WWE title. It's like, dude, what he really, really wanted was to create WCW, relaunch and yes. rebrand WCW. What he wanted to do, in his mind, the Cody f- Rhodes had shifted from wanting to be Vince McMahon to from wanting to be Cody Rhodes, the wrestler, to wanting to be Vince McMahon, to wanting to be like, yes, this, you know, what Triple H is now a guy known for his wrestling career and for his executive career, but to be the true captain of the FU competitorship. Right. And then he looked around and whatever it was just said, this is his, not my best path. His entrance
0: music starts with saying, there is more than one. Royal family, right? The whole song is
1: about like you blew it, dude. I'm super good. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you fire me? I had this song written. Like the, the yeah. whole song is like, my dad... take my
2: name, but not my dream. Yeah, like...
1: The whole <laughs> goddamn like, I have never heard a song so personal about the McMahons. And they play, <laughs> yeah. it. And and they triple, play it. Since Triple H's original theater, that My time, My time, where it's yeah. like, yeah. the stupid one, the easy one, who's banging who around here? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? When he's like that part where they all just yeah. like shoot on yep. the McMahons? Yeah. You who's went, sleeping with who? Yeah, who's <laughs> sleeping with you? You got the dumb one, the pretty one, the stupid one. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> And it's like, wow, this is about the guy on the show, this is and, the and that whole song, that whole song, is, is you blew it, man. I'm right. super good, and and, but with Cody being like, and again, I don't mean I don't mean to just jump on this, but it's just like they don't respect Tony Khan. He is a ways to an end. I've said this before. What Cody Rhodes? Yeah. What Cody Rhodes wanted to do was Cody Rhodes wanted to make WWE as mad as possible. So he did his indie circuit thing. So he's like, "Look at me! I can be a top guy all over these places." <laughs> then he did All In, which was his like, "I can st- make a show. I can do like a starcade level event and get ten thousand people to show up with indie dudes." Yep. And then he said. I can actually start a promotion, man, a one on TV, a real one, a real one that eats into your business. And I'm going to be one of the driving force figures of your main competitor, a competitor you never expected to have again. And then within like two years, he's like, actually, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to come back. Because it's the same thing with MJF. Oh yeah, no. Cody Rhodes was like, "Oh yeah, Tony, you're so smart, you're so cool because you're so rich. Because if I'm Cody Rhodes, I know that like to start a wrestling promotion probably takes I don't know fifty million dollars to do sure, it the way that they for television at oh, that yeah. level at that level. Yep. And so it's like, well, I don't got that, and I don't want to have all my friends pool every cent they've ever had. Yeah,
0: we did that for All In. This geek loves
1: wrestling. I'm going to be the first person in his whole life to tell him he's cool. He's going to think I'm his friend. We're going to get him to bankroll the whole operation. Yeah. And then once I prove my point and make myself the star, we'll take it from there. Because I said this on, uh, to you guys off the air before, and I think it's a point worth making. When Cody Rhodes left and you know, it re- came back at WrestleMania and released all those statements at right. all those press conferences, he's like... I'll always be grateful for my time in AEW. I wish nothing but the best for those guys. He never says, Nick, Matt, and Kenny, and I will always be friends. You know what I mean? Sure. Tony will always be a friend of mine. Nick and Matt Jackson are, uh, you know, they're my friends. And we don't have to be in the same promotion because they're not his friends. Because Cody Rhodes is was trained by his father that this is not a business for friendships. Yeah, This is a business to make money and look out for yourself. The Young Bucks were part of the hottest thing in wrestling. So Cody Rhodes jumped on the hottest thing in wrestling with the Bullet Club. Then they did all in and needed money. So Tony Khan jumps in and, oh, you're so great, Tony. You're so great. Yeah. And now when he can stand on his own two feet and WWE calls, he goes, oh, I don't want to work for that geek. Yeah, I can be the WWE champion. (sighs) (sighs) Yeah. Bye. And yeah, for that to happen when you are the guy that started the company, it's just it is such a story, it is right. such a story. And well,
0: and again, and whatever that whatever they didn't want to give Cody, whatever they didn't want to give Cody to keep him is the same thing they're doing to MJF, it, yep. it, it,
1: it, right? And he probably felt even more insulted because if, if I'm Cody, I'm probably sitting there being like. This is what I want. I didn't really expect this to be a conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. I'm Cody Rhodes, you're the paycheck. Cut the check. Yeah. And then Tony Khan's like, actually, I I'm doing creative now. And it's like, all right, then I don't don't want to be a part of this. Um so I, I think we all agree yeah. that the verdict on yes. this is that AEW is blowing it with a truly special talent that they're letting slip through their fingers. Um, a truly special talent in the eyes of many, a champion and WrestleMania main eventer, two times over at this point? I think I so. We, but she was with uh, Bianca. That,
2: Bianca. that that's the it. only one? That, yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Charlotte and that, Becky, Becky and, and Ronda did the, the other one.
1: The, 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 the women have made so much strides, it's, it's now tough to keep track of their main events. It's pretty cool. Um, but uh, the most recent major WWE departure to be unhappy, unsatisfied with their creative direction and decide that it is time for them to go home and make a statement are the former WWE and the most recent WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Sasha Banks and Naomi. What, are you, what were your initial thoughts when you heard the story that basically, um, if I understand correctly, they were proposed to be in a match where one would wind up pinning the other. They thought that was just completely counterproductive to being a tag team, tag team champions. And it seemed to be a tipping point
0: moment where they said, you know what? Forget it. We're
1: out of here. What did you think when you first heard the story?
0: So this has been a weird trend that I've actually been noticing for a while. Um, There are several accounts that track how long women's matches were. Before the women's evolution, they would like from like first entrance to like, Commercial break, next segment, they'd time it out. And it was always awful because it was always like...
2: Three minutes. Yeah, n-
0: n- And that yeah. was like Eventually. a the good most. one. Yep. With, with entrances. With entrances. And that was like a good one, yep. right? They usually clocked in around 90 seconds yep. where we're here. And I saw leading up to that more and more people doing the same, right? Where people were counting down the women's matches where it felt more like they were a little bit of an afterthought. And I thought that that was odd because I was like, oh, well, like we've, they've made so much progress, uh, that that can't be the case. But then I start looking around and I look at what women are in the, like the top end of the women's card. And it's the same four women. And they're the only ones getting any time. Everybody else is really just relegated to, again, like, Five-minute matches once a, once a night. And so it felt like it was definitely tapering off with the women. And so once I saw that, I was like, oh, that's very odd. And now here's the thing. WWE, and more specifically, Vince McMahon does not value tag team wrestling. He's never valued tag team wrestling. The only times he's ever valued tag team wrestling is when they forced him to. And that was... Edge and Christian, the Dudleys yeah, right. and the Hardys. Outside of that, the tag team belts more often than not find themselves involved in the main storyline. The two man power trip, Shawn Michaels and uh, John Cena, that were the tag team champions, and yeah. also fighting for the WWE title. The Usos look important next to Roman no, Reigns. Look, yes, but they're not. They're not super important. They have they they actually more fluctuate, but. So, of course, Vince McMahon doesn't value the women. And Vince McMahon doesn't value tag team wrestling. So, of course, he's not going to value the women's tag team wrestling. And so, I remember those belts getting debuted. I thought it was really cool. I really like it. Because here's the thing. I don't need to see the same people wrestle the same people every night. When you have a roster of, like, 100 million people, I would like you to just wrestle. I just want to see different stuff. You have a weekly television show. Yeah, wait. Like, on Raw last week. (laughs) Rey Mysterio was versus Finn Balor. Yeah.
1: Great. Great. Fun. Do that all the time.
0: Great. I want that. And then, you know, and we had Tommaso Ciampa versus um, Bobby Lashley.
2: And then you're going to get Damian Priest and Edge and, on, yeah. on a Raw. like
0: You know, and so it's just like you're, you have all these wrestlers. Let them just wrestle each other. God, I want to just watch all of it. I will watch your show all the time. If I don't have to watch Cesaro and Sheamus wrestle, Every week, yeah, right. seven if, times,
2: literally seven if, times, but
0: if I don't have to watch you wrestle every week and instead I, cause I like Seamus, I like Cesaro, but if you wrestle different people every night, yeah. I still like both of you. And so the women's tag team and this specific women's tag team, because Sasha Banks, I've heard anything and everything about that woman right from her being extremely passionate and loving pro wrestling and loving the WWE more than anything to being a major pain in the ass right that's the the, the whole spectrum and so it's like yeah you know what i do think that there's a woman who wants to be great she is a catalyst of the women's revolution with everything she did in NXT and she cares. And so when that woman fights for the tag belts and then you just don't care about it to the, to again, the point of, Oh, we're just going to pin each other. Like this means nothing. I think that I, you know, her walking out is justified
1: because we're not the
0: outsiders. There was a match in WCW, right? Where they had to like,
1: even change the rules because there was some elimination tag team match and like, the outsiders Hall and Nash, they like pinned each other, so they won. Right, you know, because yes. Scott yeah. Hall got pinned, but Kevin Nash pinned him, so Kevin Nash won. So they both won. <laughs> yes. You know
0: what I mean? And so it's like, but that's storyline related, and they're bad guys. Yes, they're skeevy bad guys. Yes, so it's like, what they didn't—that's amazing, and I love that. You know what I mean? I, I know it's my favorite. It's whenever I think about it. First of all, I love Kevin Nash, but it's genius.
1: It's, it's like, wait, genius. I can wait. Are you, are you tell me, I can pin anybody. Scott, lay down.
0: Yeah, we're right. Like, <laughs> we're gonna figure out a way to tag each other in, so we're both the legal men, right. and then I'm gonna pin you. That's d- right. Be- and because
1: they were swarmy, you know, heels. Yep. That's such bad guy behavior. Yeah. So what this comes to down to me is because I, I also have heard, especially since she's a, a local New England girl, who you know we've heard a lot about her from a lot of people for a long time, and that really seems to be it. Passionate, dedicated, driven, and at times can be stubborn to a fault. And perhaps uh, thinks of herself as highly as she should, but that's pretty high. Um, with Sasha Banks and Naomi, because Naomi Naomi's a part of this too. Yes. She walked out too. It's not. Yeah, like, they you both know, walked they out. Both it wasn't, this wasn't... really does speak to me much, much more of the. At what point is the responsibility of the management to take care of the talent, and what point is the talent to take care of the management? The, well, the point that we haven't made on this yet that I think is important in general is if you're a professional wrestler, you, are, you're, you have to also consider yourself to be a singular commodity, right? Because if you're No Way Jose, you can not get cut from the WWE and then show up at Ring of Honor and have their commentary go... Oh my God! This roster's in so much trouble. It's no way, Jose. You know what I mean? Sure. Because that's who you are. That's how you are presented. And if you're presented constantly as the conga line job guy, you know that it's a it's tough to right. to shake that off. Rarely do you see goofballs get taken very seriously in new locations. I'm not telling um, you it doesn't. Matt happen.
0: Cardona is literally the only one I can think of.
1: Right, but even he is in, like, full acknowledgement of, like, the Zack Ryder yes. cat You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it, it's it's really, it is. It's tough for me to think of an example of, like, you know, it's not like Al Snow is going to, yeah. like, you know, go somewhere. Yep. And, like, you know, eventually you kind of, when you're presented a certain way for a certain amount of time, that's what sticks. And so I understand that if you're Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, MJF, or Sasha Banks, how you have to say, like, listen, man, this – I am trying to be, especially Sasha Banks, more of a generalized entertainer these days. I'm getting opportunities to do these cameos for Star Wars, to do to public appearances. I'm a very attractive woman. And my persona matters because one of the reasons that I am getting so much interest from outside projects is because of my success, right? Right. It, one of you know, God bless her, but do you really think you're gonna tune in to the next episode of Miss Marvel and Dana Brooke is going to be on it? You know what I mean? Probably not. And it's not because Dana Brooke is better or worse, prettier or unprettier. It's because Sasha Banks is an established, championship-level, big-time player for them. And she wants to remain respected, highly thought of, and as a big-deal player for them. Again, when when these guys get called in for cameos and, and spots and stuff, it's never... Shorty G, it's John Cena, you know what I mean? And so it's like, it it does, the way you present me matters. And if you're Sasha Banks, the difference between you and Stone Cold Steve Austin, quite frankly is, I am a woman of color, not a white guy. And before people roll their eyes and call me woke, it does matter, because Stone Cold Steve Austin, 15 years into his career, Seven eight years into it as like a big deal, and five six years into it as stone cold Steve Austin sure. has got enough. He's bulletproof, right? He you know yeah. he yeah. was always going to get the smoke and skull ranch show and the you know the obstacle course show. Oh,
0: and, he already had celebrity death match, and 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 you know was going to get the brewery. Like you were that
1: guy. Yeah. It is a lot less certain if you're twenty something year old. Woman of color, Sasha Banks. Right. There are less guarantees for me. And so the way you present me matters and has to matter well, because I'm one that t- tends to typically agree with your first point of the show, which is, listen, guys, this is a show and your character, you know, I, right. I, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't have, you know, the, the guy on The Walking Dead be <laughs> like, I don't want to kill this zombie this week. It's like, well, come on, man. But. The way you
0: present me matters, and I understand why wrestlers feel like they need to take it by the ball sometimes. So the problem that I have, or the big thing with Sasha Banks that I have an issue with, is 100% with WWE. I do think that her fans at times can be very insufferable. Uh-huh. I, th- I think that they can be absolutely terrible. Yes. Right? Yes. But She is
1: infallible to
0: them. Right. But... The thing that I have an issue with, and I think the thing that she deep down has the issue with, if she was to actually like articulate it well, is I am extremely bipolar in my booking. In my booking, I am extremely bipolar. It comes in and out. I win. I lose at the drop of a hat. I don't really know what I'm going to be doing or what my trajectory is. Right. Week to week. And, and
1: and it's been confusing. A lot right. of people expected her to win that first women's title in Dallas. Right. Win Hell in a
0: Cell in Boston. Right. And they don't. And she doesn't. But then WWE, because she is a young, attractive woman of color, wants to parade her out in the same way that we've heard them talk about Cesaro forever, where it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Cesaro, he's too Swiss to like be the champion, but... Look, he could be a champion any day. And so we have him do all this international stuff. And that's just as rewarding when we all know that's bullshit. You know,
1: what's a great example of like what she doesn't want to just be for them is Titus O'Neill. Right. Where it's just like, right.
0: look, look at the handsome, well spoken black
1: guy. Aren't we progressive? Right. And that's why Titus is there. Right. He and, wrestle.
0: And that's the problem is, is that WWE, and more specifically the Vince McMahon project, because I need to get into the habit of saying that, because- it's a new day. Because it is a new day. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And that version of WWE, is that's exactly right, is Sasha Banks, I need to keep feeding her fan base because she does sell merch. She has a very ravenous fan base. She probably gets more women involved, like- Th- that want to try out want to be a part of this than some of the other women's because she just seems to be a little bit more relatable than charlotte Rhonda, any you know yes. becky even yes. especially the stupid big time she is legitimately
1: as popular as i would say anybody they have. right
0: i mean that and so but the, the titus o'neill thing is a perfect way to put that is that it felt like that old regime treated her like female Titus O'Neill. And she is more than that. And I think it came to a head. I think it came to a head where, you know, how many times have we heard that she walked out or she refused to do something or, right. you know what I mean? She's super pissed. She's super pissed. We hear that all the time. And so while I don't think all of those stories are true, some of those stories have to be true. And if that's, if that's the, the final tipping point then great
1: what do you think of the naomi factor that naomi also said like you know we're in this together do you think what do you, and and i don't want to just talk about naomi as sasha banks's tag partner people have had very similar criticisms about the way wwe's treated naomi as yes. well that she is just a kind of you know, a woman of color. So while we're hyping up Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch all the time, and sprinkling uh, Sasha yeah. Banks in there, Naomi is a very you know Bailey, and Naomi is a another woman of color who kind of feels like yeah, she's there and yep. has won championships, but almost never has legs to stand on. Like right. while I don't think this would make a ton of sense, people have been clamoring her for turf for her to join the bloodline. Right. She is one of the Uso's wife. I never know which one is which. Uh, you Jimmy. actually actively it's, got it wrong at a Hall of Fame. Terrific. Yeah, right. I, well, I called her. I, I So it was so sad. I was at the Hall of Fame and I was like right there and Naomi comes up to me and I didn't mean to do this. And I'm like, Cameron. And, she's no, like, no. and she got so mad. Like it, no. was, it was so. Uh, uh, it's uh, Jimmy's wife. Right. I, I believe you. You could have said, Jay, I would have believed <laughs> you too. Yeah, I'm had. one of
2: the weird ones that actually knows the difference between yep. the two.
1: You could have you stopped I, a weird
0: one. Yeah. Well, because oh, okay. we had, I liked left. Tattoo Face Paint and Right Tattoo Face Paint, Uso? Didn't help me at all. Oh, no. Um, that it made just, it worse. <laughs> it just actually helped me distinguish yeah. which one I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, no,
1: and I'm sure it did. I didn't help me at all. <laughs> sure. um, but, like, you know, because it's she is married to one of them, yeah. it would have given her something to do, would have added a woman to the group. Right. But instead, you know, and I don't mean this disparaging, but it's just like, you can be the, it's almost like Mad Libs. No, instead, you can be the women's tag champs with... Sasha Banks right you know what I mean because that to Sasha and Naomi's credit in general is that entire thing
0: there are no women's tag teams no it's you just- actively got rid of them the Iconics were the only one and you fired them exactly right you're
1: exactly right the Iconics were like we came into this business as a group and we're perfectly happy staying that way they were your FTR your they female were right. FTR where it's like neither one of us want to be solo guys we love being in this tag team right. and that was the Iconics but you're right because think about it for like Sasha Banks' first tag team championship was with Bayley, was it? Yeah. That's right. You know what I mean? And then that got kiboshed short. And then, like, it was, yeah. And, and it was Nia's stupid Thunder Jackson and like, Tamina. No. Right? Or was it? But the point is, like, you have not in any way prioritized making teams. Sure. You just pair off different women conveniently and you're like, look, we did it. We gave you belts. Sure. They would have been way, way better off coming up with some sort of women's secondary title, something of the equivalency of an intercontinental championship and, and and having that be the other thing and having people try their best to make that legitimate. Because the problem with tag team titles is I now I have to make it legitimate. I have to legitimize an entire division that honestly doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Um, But in this example of, you know, again, sometimes I I agree that it's like, hey, man, you're paid pretty well. Go out there and do what you're told. Right. But you can't stress enough how, like, again, I'm an independent contractor here in the sense that I have to really own my identity. Right. I entrust it in you're, you, you're, but I, I need you to protect
0: it. You as in WWE are actively hurting my personal brand because you refuse to make me an employee and I am an independent contractor. Yeah. So I have to, I have to do these other things. And
1: that's, and that's something too, as we, as we wrap this up, but let's, let's bring up that point very quickly. You know, for everybody that's going to be a hundred percent
0: pro chip, how much time do we have left? <laughs> right.
2: 20 minutes on the card.
1: So
0: how about we do that <laughs> next week? Sure. Let's talk about independent contractors next week. I will.
1: But the point uh, Five seconds. If you're going to give me none of the perks of employment sh- of employment, and tell me I'm an independent contractor, then when you piss me off bad enough, I'm going to go home.
0: Yes, right. 100%. Th-
1: that is something I think is worth it. Like, yes. so you-, you have a job to do. You're well paid. There's a show to-, to put on. But if I'm independent, then see you later. Yeah. And I think that's important, too. What's your final verdict on on them and the, the heavy rumor that they're returning? Oh, what-, if- what will be different? What should be different? Here's
0: the thing. This... The Vince McMahon era being over and the Hunter era beginning has been night and day more so than I even imagined this fast and yeah of course that those two women that that guy values is now come are like oh yeah no I'll come back for you I couldn't imagine losing you I would hate to lose you I don't want to lose you you've been vitally important to me the entire time you've been here what makes you think that I'm gonna let you I'm gonna do the same thing the last guy did and
1: with all due respect to Chris Jericho John Moxley Daniel Bryanson uh, Brian Danielson uh, (laughs) see, see CM Punk, um, getting Sasha Banks would be AEW's biggest poach by a landslide.
0: Yeah, because I do feel that a lot of people would move that just don't watch that promotion right now. And I, I can't replace
1: her. Yes. I can't replace her. I, just, I can't. I can't replace her. And they have no one... Sorry, Britt Baker. <laughs> no one close to her, and yeah. to get her would be
2: such a swing.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: so I'm I'm with the talent on this one, but truthfully, I don't really know if anything changes in the sense of women's tag team wrestling in general. I I don't I I just don't personally see that really making a change. I I, I do, they don't have enough women to that are tag teams that know how to do tag team wrestling. It's Sasha and Naomi kind of, Bailey kind of. Other than that, it's really nothing. But them coming back will be great for them individually.
1: I just think the tag t- titles in general are a mistake. <laughs> I do too. But yeah. those high profile women should be treated better and yeah. and just have more of a creative say if you know in the direction that they're going in i just think it always helps to be like hey what do you want to do and i think that that might be the best triple h i believe
2: it's going to help them individually they're going to do great individually i just don't see much changing in terms of the tag team yeah
1: i'll agree with the talent on this one just because i can imagine that you know god only knows what it's like to be a black woman working in vince mcmahon's wwe which which is when this happened yeah um and so i just think it could only go up from here and the triple h will do away i think triple h will just say what is it going to take what do you want what why'd you leave we won't do that anymore. Yeah. Right. Also, what do I
0: need to do? But, so again, hard. but again, he was the guy that drafted her. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, this. gave is, her the flowers? He this knows is, who she is. This yeah. what, but their relationship is the reason why she's not going to AEW. And he knows what he's got in her. Yes. So we know what we have in you, which uh, is the we
1: love best listeners in the whole wide world. Yay. Thank you so much for listening. Uh Sasha Banks and Naomi are on their way back.
0: That's happening. It's awesome. Uh I want to hear from you guys. Write down in the comments which side you side on on all these so
1: management or talent for
0: stone cold steve austin cm punk MJF, mjf and Naomi and Sasha. I
1: definitely want to know what you guys think. Any comments are appreciated. Subscribe. Hit that like button. Smash that like button, YouTube. We are on all podcast platforms. You can listen to us there as well. I know a lot of people like to listen at the gym. You can listen on all podcast platforms. Is there anything else you guys like to get out there before we sign off for the evening? No, no sir. out of here. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you guys so much. Like, comment, subscribe. Welcome back, Sasha Banks, depending on when this comes out. And uh, <laughs> yes. my name has been Chris.
2: I am the Eddie McCabe. Chip K Fabe.
1: And Bill, uh, he just texted us. He's going to be for the next one. He's, He's in the garage. Yeah. He's in the lobby. He's, He's out in the lobby. He just missed this one. He'll be on next week. Make sure you follow at Bill Neville eighty uh, seven. You can find us all over the place: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Glork podcasts, formats, YouTube, everywhere. At New Age Insiders, at The Eddie McCabe, at Dammit Chip, at Bill Neville eighty seven. Thank you for making us the premier place for people who don't want to walk out. They want to connect, discuss, and to be heard.
2: We out.